This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. Hello, Johnny. How are you? Very well and in buoyant mood after England's first very good result at the World Cup. And of course, we are playing the United States on Friday, right in the middle of your Thanksgiving. Yes, this is a a very uh, fun week for me. It's Thanksgiving week. We also have the beginning of World Cup games, which conveniently are during market trading hours. So (laughs) you'll typically see uh, a lot of the the financial world loves sports. And uh, you oftentimes can see that uh, you might see a little bit of a lull in trading activity during some of those exciting games. And uh, congratulations on that impressive uh, first win. I think England's looking pretty good to start this tournament. And uh, they could probably have a very good run we live in hope we live in hope i'm looking forward to that game on friday let's talk about the markets though and market sentiment is down to start the week where you are a number of reasons for that very much so i i think it started with asia there was just fears that you know china is um losing this this round of covid and uh this battle with covid and, and that you're going to see more restrictive measures uh take hold as some of the more populous uh, regions are, are are starting to see cases rise and and that that you know is always you know trouble for supply chain issues which is more inflationary which is never good for um, i think in, investors waiting for that fed pivot to happen um, and, and then i think the other you know there's a couple of more other drivers that are kind of uh, drawing attention um, it, you know, before the midterm elections, we were, you know, focused with this uh, potential rail strike where you could see that um, if, you know, if, if we if we have a couple major uh, unions have a strike here, that could cost the economy about $2 billion a day. So there's uh, there was a little bit of a, a temporary solution to get us beyond the midterms. Well, now it seems that, uh, you know, you know, negotiations have definitely hit uh, a turn for the worse here and you're probably going to see that um you know this is the t- t- time for negotiations to you know to, to remain aggressive um this is the holiday period this could really impact uh the um the shipment of goods so i think you're going to see this is a this is a, a story that we're going to probably focus more so as it seems that a deal is not going to be reached and uh, that could prove to be um, also um you know rather troubling for inflation over the short-term outlook. And then uh, lastly, we also had the war in Ukraine that um, I think a lot of investors over the weekend were paying close attention to um, uh, some some strikes that were near the uh, Ukraine uh, nuclear power plant. Uh, it just, you know, you know, reminding traders as as this war continues, uh, the you know, no one knows the direction that this war is, you know, heading in. Uh, but, you know, there, there are, you know, big risks that could, you know, um, a nerve um, risk appetite here. So a lot a lot of pessimism um, as far as the headlines go for risk. And uh, I think that's why we're lower. And that COVID news from China seems to be one of the major reasons why we're seeing such a drop in oil prices today, Ed. Both Brent and WTI down around 6%. Brent crude at 82.5%. And it's been quite some time since it reached that level. The oil market right now, it, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, 
you know, rewind a couple weeks ago, we're talking global energy crisis. We're talking the risk of not having Russian crude. Um, and uh, you, you had a lot of analysts, you know, giving their case why we're going to see a $100 oil uh, in the very near future. And uh, the demand outlook has just gotten pummeled. Um, you know, you have the, the world's two largest economies um, showing further signs that, um, that they're going to continue to weaken. Um, you know, China's COVID situation is, is you know, one of the primary catalysts. Um, and then also today, um, I think what's also kind of uh, driving the, the, the move lower is that you you also have, um, you know, uh, reports that uh, the, the that OPEC Plus is considering increasing their output, and that they're 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 debating a 500,000 barrel increase ahead of that EU embargo. So that that's you know sending oil prices, uh, putting more pressure on oil prices, and it's probably going to um, you know I think signal that uh, you know this market went from being tight to now we're seeing a lot of demand destruction and now we're getting increased output um, potentially. So so I think there's, there's uh, you know, the, everything just turned bearish for crude and, and that's probably why you, you have uh, investors, you know, taking the path of least resistance and they're, 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 they're selling oil. Um, oil prices hit that 10 month low. And, uh, you know, when, when Brent broke below 80, 85, that was, uh, that was uh, the first time it did since the end of September. Uh, that, triggered a, a lot of uh, technical selling. So, um, you know, where we are going to probably see oil remain defensive here, but still economic activity is not going to fall off a cliff. So, I mean, eventually you will see prices stabilize, but I think, you know, the market's still digesting that report that, you know, OPEC could be um, weighing an increase in output. And that price I just quoted before, down about 6%, uh, Brent crude to 82.5. We haven't seen that level since pre the Ukraine war. Yes, and, and, and I think that, you know, you're you're probably going to see that, um, you know, the, I think you're, if we do have these, you know, confirmed, you know, production increases, uh, uh, that is going to mean, that's a game changer for market sentiment. Uh, so I think you'll see that the price of physical barrels are going to continue to drop and the U.S. prompt spread is, is in contango. And that, that's, I think uh, energy traders are, I think a lot of them were a little complacent. They were just kind of used to the oil market's going to remain tight and that, um, you know, eventually we were going to have China reopen and that was going to, you know, keep keep this uh, this an easy trade. And, and now it seems that, no, this is, um, there is demand destruction happening. And, and uh, no, I think um, um, you're, you're having a lot of longer term uh, bullish calls get undone here. So that's why you're seeing some aggressive selling. Let's switch to crypto now, uh, Ed, and boy, oh boy, it's been a tumultuous time, hasn't it, over the last couple of weeks or so. And we were talking about Bitcoin bucking the trend a little on Friday. It climbed, I think, 4% last week. But you, at the time, talked about this very important psychological level of 16,000. Well, it's dipped below that today. Is that significant? I think what we're starting to see, yes, I think it is. I think there's there, there's just been the you know more you know fallout from the FTX uh, bankruptcy, and I think that the you know the collapse of FTX is is something we're going to be processing for quite some time. Um, just 
you know, there's a, a, a million people that are impacted by this. And I think that uh, as we try to uh, get a handle of the losses, uh, it's, you know, you know, I think, you know, over three billion in, in, in money that is owed to 50 creditors is pretty significant. Um, I think once we start to find out, you know, which investors are impacted, uh, which companies are are, are going to have a, a major hit to their balance sheet. Uh, this is this is a, a story that that is going to take you know months to, to to process. And now I think the the focus is kind of shifted to, okay, well we know FTX, you know, is is uh, it's like a that story that won't go away. And now we we're trying to see well what are the other parts of crypto doing? Um, and and um, a lot of people are focused on Voyager Digital, the one of the, the key lenders. And you know, are they going to get rescued by Binance? There's there's so many hurdles for that to go through. There's national security concerns that made that um, deal kind of fall apart. So I think uh, you know people people are going to watch you know the contagion risk. And I think you know Bitcoin has been showing some resilience. It's uh, you know below sixteen thousand now, and then you know the risks are: does it take out you know the the, the lows we saw from a couple weeks ago? And and it seems that traders they need to see a fresh catalyst. They need to see some um, major crypto company, crypto player, lender, stablecoin have uh, uh, you know uh, something go wrong where that will you know trigger the technical selling. It seems that. If we just continue to hear more clarity on what you know what's behind the FTX collapse, I think you know the markets have mostly priced that in. We've uh, we saw Bitcoin under you know tremendous pressure over the the past year before FTX, and it seems that um, you know there's there's a, a lot of difficulty in trying to make that long-term bull case right now. But for a lot. You know, there, there's, there's hope that this will bring path, bring forward that regulation that needs to help foster long-term growth. But we're a long way from there, so it's, it's probably going to be months before we really start to see. Um, I think, um, you know, a, a sound, you know, bullish thesis here for crypto. I think right now we're still processing all the bad news, and I think you, you really, you know, until we get, you know, some, some major um, company uh, that's under crypto strains, uh, then, you know, we'll probably continue to see Bitcoin drift lower. But mm, I think, you know, it will, will the 14,500 level hold, um, that's, you know, TBD, but that's, that's probably where I think things, if things get break below that, then it can get ugly very quickly to 10,000. But I think right now we're, 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 we're still seeing modest weakness here. Um, you know, Bitcoin down 1.6, 1. 1.7% 1. on the day, let's say it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what evolves, but um, there's uh, a lot of investors here that um, the, the crypto interest is, is fading, but um, a lot of the money is, does appear to be locked into long-term positions. You mentioned uh, regulation and there are a lot of calls for Congress to strengthen regulation and oversight for the industry. But there are House and Senate panels planning hearing December. So we'll be very aware of those because that could be key, couldn't it? I, I think so. I think we really need to to see the Biden administration deliver clear regulation. You know, we, we, we need to see... Um, this battle between the SEC or CFTC, who, who's going to, you know, call the shots? I think that we we, we really need to to have um, 
a clear direction on 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 that and who has jurisdiction over um you know well if it's a commodity or if it's a <laughs> i mean there, there there there's there's too many um you know we, we need to see um just something very sound that's clear that allows the regulatory bodies to do their job um going forward so i i think you know the pressure is there to do that so hopefully in, in, the, in the coming months that that's something that can be agreed upon but i think right now um, you know, the question marks are still there as far as what will regulation be going forward. Okay, thanks very much for joining us today. We wish you, uh, when it happens, uh, a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, and uh, good luck for the rest of the World Cup. And I think uh, Team USA is, is going to do their best to put up a good fight, and hopefully we can advance. Okay, cheers, Ed. This is the Oanda Podcast.